Marriage is hard. It's something we go into so excited, but often end up leaving on the back burner. We believe in a 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, one that takes intentionality and purpose. A good marriage is not something that happens by accident. So it's our hope that you leave feeling inspired to have some new topics of conversations with your spouse through listening to our talks here. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jaren. And this is Marriage on Purpose. We want to hear from you. If you have questions, send them in to marriageonpurposepodcast at gmail.com and they will be featured on the beginning of our episodes. All questions will be anonymous. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. What are we talking about this week, Kristen? Well, we actually are going to jump right into today's episode because it is probably going to be a longer one. We have a lot to cover. Um, So let's go ahead and jump right in actually to today's listener question. So this is going to be our listener question segment from now on. I talked about that a little bit last week. And the question this week is, what does work-life balance mean to you? That's a good one. We've talked about that a lot over the past well, eight years. We've been together ever since I've worked. For had sure. a job. Especially since we've had babies and oh, I've yeah. like wanted you home. I'm like, we need to figure yeah. this out. We need some healthy boundaries with work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A lot of that kind of means like knowing if I should be working more, like if we're strapped, you know, or whatever earlier in our marriage, we need to I need you to you know, we need extra money. So like it's okay right now to work over or work on a Saturday or whatever. But on the other end of that, most of the time it's been, you know, I'd rather you be home. And for me, as the guy who went to work, I would rather be home. I'm not like wanting to be at work all the time. Yeah, I think most wives would agree that they would rather have less things and money and materialism if they have their husbands home with them. There's like a popular meme that always goes around that's like, I would rather live with you in a shack and be oh. around you all the time than have a mansion and never see you. You know, it, that's not exactly what it says, but you get the idea. Something like that. And I think the majority of women feel that way, especially when you're home with babies. It's so much nicer to have help and your husband be there and feel like you're a team. So yeah, I think it is important to balance that. It's going to look different for every family and for different seasons. Yeah, and for different jobs too. Yeah. You know, a couple of our friends recently, the husband had to take a new job because they were recently married and there's kids involved and stuff and his job was like took everything out of him. Like if the sun is up, he is at work Monday through Monday. So he was like, man, this just isn't working. So he kind of, he switched things around and now he's got a job where he can like, kind of flex his schedule a little bit and like that was a good example that was a good a good thing to do that was a good example of adjusting your work schedule for your family yeah i think that's important especially if you um follow the bible and the principles of the bible your family is supposed to be above work so balancing out that well looks like being home with your family and that being the main goal like we said there might be seasons where you have to work a little bit more if it's a need you know yeah 
but the main goal is to put your family first and so trying to find that balance where you still are making money and supporting your family financially that's a part of taking care of your family but you also want to be present with your family so just setting some healthy boundaries with work making sure you're able to do that with your boss your coworkers, or whoever it might be i think healthy boundaries are essential for this even if you are just working a straight 40 hours you come home from work and you don't just like talk about work all the time. I remember times I would do that. I would go to work and bring work home with me and sit there and we'd talk about what my company was doing or what I wish we could do better or all this stuff. And it's like, okay, you're home now. Let's yeah. let's focus. Let's talk about the kids or let's play with the kids. You know, I would get we'd come home and just talk about my job for two hours. And it's like, man, that's not really a work life balance either. Not so much in the time aspect but in our conversation and like i me dragging work into family time is you gotta kind of watch that too sometimes it isn't like if you're disrespected or something bad happened at work like you should talk about that with your family but like just griping and complaining like i was doing probably not cool yeah be present where you are all right let's go ahead and jump into today's episode so today we are going to be talking about society's views of love versus biblical authentic love and some of the lies that we believe society feeds us about marriage and romance are we following society's ideas of love unknowingly i hope not that's all i got to say (laughs) because society does not seem to have our marriage in their best interest yeah marriage in general it's all about self-centeredness, self-serving stuff, you know, you getting ahead or you getting, it's all about you. Yeah, I think authentic love is so contrasting to the love that society paints pictures of, but it's so in our face and kind of hard to look away from. I think it's really easy to get sucked in to their agenda or their ideas of romance and love without even knowing it. So we are going to go into some of the lies we believe we're being told about love and marriage. The first lie that we believe we are being sold is that we are equal in roles. Not just equal in value, but also equal in roles. So do you mean like the woman should be able to do everything the man is doing and the man should be able to do everything the woman is doing as roles in that aspect? Right. We're kind of being told that we can do everything on our own. Yeah, that's true. If I could bring a spiritual aspect into it, I would probably think this goes back to the enemy wanting to break apart the family, like the man and the woman and the kids, and like bring division anywhere he can. And that happens through society. You know, society does this exact same thing. You know, the dad goes to work for eight hours he's gone for 10 hours a day the kids go to school we're seeing now that like moms need to go to work too they push you to do you know do everything at home and also go to work and do a nine to five and do everything the man can do you know without doing what the woman should do yeah i think we are starting to see that the man and woman need each other less and less yeah it's not very complimentary right it's more separate And we believe that we are equals in worth. Our value is the same. We're equal. But our skills and our strengths differ. Yeah. 
We have roles that we've been given and we work together more beautifully than we do when we're separate and we're alone and we're doing everything ourselves. Like I'm very good at taking the trash out. You're so great at it. that's my role. I, <laughs> I don't want to ever see you take the trash out because that is mine. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. So I believe that my value can't be measured against yours because it's different. True. Yeah. You Apples to oranges. fill in the cracks where my abilities stop and I do the same for you. The example might be like, I'm good at like repairing stuff on the house or I'm learning to be good at it, I guess. And you've really come a long way in the kitchen. Like we both used to kind of be even in the kitchen, but you've like blown me out of the water as far as that (laughs) goes. So like, it's not expected that I come home and cook this great tasting meal or like whenever we need a new wall put in or remodel something that you do it, you know? Yeah, and I think nowadays this is becoming a big fight a big conflict between a man and a woman is wanting to do all the same things wanting your roles at home to look exactly the same and there are some things of course that are interchangeable that we both can do yeah but it does work more beautifully and more cohesively when we do the things that we're naturally talented in gifted in yeah our house runs more efficiently whenever we can like work in our strengths yes so therefore there's no competition in weighing who's contributing more because it all works out in the end when we are fulfilling our roles that we believe god has given us yeah and this isn't like roles as far as like what specific chore you do right like i can do all the chores you i can clean a toilet you can mow the grass and there's some women who can do construction yeah and that some i know a lot of guys who are great cooks and they cook right great like society has put those on the man and the woman as like this is your role but that's not true right like if i stayed home with the kids and cooked and i was great at that and you went out and you were a bricklayer or a construction worker and like you that's when our house need fixed you did it like who cares who's doing it it's like the balance is what's important yeah all the work is getting done in a efficient way who mm-hmm. who doesn't matter who does it think that's important too yeah and i think just like emotionally spiritually there should kind of be a masculine energy and a feminine energy oh and i think that has kind of been interchanged where the woman is stepping up and leading more and bossing the husband around more yeah. and maybe the husband is being more submissive and seeing those roles at, at that level interchange that's where problems occur it's not necessarily in the physical job that you're doing true it's the energy the spirituality that you're bringing to the table are you kind of taking over and leading and taking control while the husband is sitting back and not saying that the husband really should boss around the woman, but we see that happen in a, a marriage now where the woman kind of wants control over everything. And that's Adam, that's Adam and Eve yeah, in the garden. Yeah. Like, We've always struggled with that. That's just a woman's struggle. Let's be real. Yeah, we like want to control things. God told you, you are going to want to control your husband. Yeah. But you have to submit to him. And we're not going to get into all the submission and all that stuff. It can get deep, but yeah. I think women are just told that They don't need a man anymore. We can do everything a man can do, right? But we all desire masculinity from our men. We are the heart, they are the anchor, and we both come together offering different strengths into an equal union that creates something bigger and more beautiful than we could have ever done on our own. We can be strong and independent. We've been trained to do that. We've been applauded to do that in today's society. But the real challenge for us as women is being soft 
is being trusting of our partner. So I think that's really important to take into consideration when you're talking about roles is practice being gentle. What is what is femininity? We recently talked about this. You were saying you would like me to not ask for a list so much and just like kind of take like kind of just be assertive and like help out without needing my hand held pretty much right um and as far as from what i'm seeing i didn't even really realize this was happening to me but as far as what i was seeing in society women don't want that they want to give a list they want to tell people they want to tell the man what to do they want so i was just assuming that's how it was in my house i was like questioning or not questioning but i was just like oh a light bulb moment for me like you don't necessarily want me to take a back seat while you run the house like you want me to take initiative and like have some masculinity around the house right. like bring what i have to the table to the table rather than like just throwing it in the trash and letting you assert masculinity into you know the house right especially being a stay-at-home mom i have to manage the house all the time when you're not around it is my job to manage the kids and manage the household and i think we see women struggle with this a little bit i think we do want to take control and we want to have control over things but we also desire masculinity from our husbands and that's where we're seeing issues happen when we swap roles and we don't allow our husbands to take control and be masculine and us take the back seat and be feminine that's hard to do but sometimes when you do it you find that it's actually more fulfilling and that's where i found myself i wanted you to come home and just know what to do and do the things that need done in the house and me not have to sit back and make you a list because now I start feeling like I'm also above you. I'm also your manager I'm as far as the kid's manager. Right. So that's kind of what we mean. It's The roles are going to look different for everyone's family, I think. But that's kind of what we mean when we talk about this, the different roles. What are the things where you are kind of stepping in to your femininity? And what are the things where he's stepping into his masculinity? Yeah. And how can you bring both of those to the table to work together rather than fighting over control, basically? Yeah, and to bring this around to parenting because 90%, Every episode. <laughs> 90% of our life is parenting right now. Your kids need to see that too. They need to see your dad has like authority, but he also has love and affection and he can play with you at this age where kids are young. He can play with you or teach you things, but also he's serious. And when he says something, he means it, you know, that goes with mom too. That's just authority in general, but there's a little bit, it's, it is a little different, you it's know, a different your, energy. your kids should see a different energy in the mom and the dad. And I know society, this is this does not go with what society says. Yeah, this, this is, is a very bold thing to say. Yeah, they I, don't want mom. I know it. <laughs> they don't want kids to view mom and dad different. They're both soft and they're both super gentle and they're both, we don't, you know, all this stuff that is in society right now. Not to say all of it is bad because there is good in it, but it's definitely not what you see on your cell phone when you're scrolling. You know, you definitely don't see the guy being super masculine and unless it's a joke, you know. Yes, there are some natural tendencies that we have as mothers and that fathers have that are just different. We do have natural different gifts when it comes to parenting. And while we do learn from each other and we try to practice what the other one is good at and try to better ourselves at it, there are some things that we are just naturally better at individually and 
there's a part of us that just kind of lets that be. I am naturally a better comforter. I have that motherly touch, that motherly love. and I wish I had that so much because every time a kid gets hurt, I'm like, oh, come to me, come they to don't me. Want and him. I have my arms open wide like this and they literally There's a reason they run to mom. run to mom because yeah. like, that's you. That's, yeah. I just, I don't know. And yes, Jaren should still practice gentleness Try. and empathy. Those are things that <laughs> the Bible says all people should have, right? Those are the fruits of the spirit. I'm not saying a woman has to be gentle and a man has to be hard. That's because not what we're saying. The fruits of the spirit are universal. We should all be gentle. But there are things that mothers tend to have that fathers don't. And there are things that fathers have and fathers can teach kids that women are naturally not super great at. And that's okay. The biblical roles of a man and a woman are what we strive for, not what society says. That's pretty much the point of this. We want to base our roles in the house and our roles with teaching our kids and just being a disciple of Christ off of the Bible, not off of Instagram or TikTok. Right now, manhood and womanhood, it's just confusing. It's so awful. It's really under attack right now. So trying to understand that better. We're doing the best we can. We don't have it perfect, but we do see that as a big deception right now. Yeah. All right, another lie that society tells you is we have to be compatible to make it work. It's not going to work unless the person you choose to marry, you guys are 100% compatible. It's just all butterflies and rainbows. What do you think about that? Well, we obviously believe in the Bible. So once you choose the person, you can't just decide you're not compatible with them anymore. Yeah, even if you actually aren't compatible. Yeah. Like if someone gets a disease and like... Mm-hmm. You know, let's someone say, gets sick. yeah, someone gets sick and like they can't do the fun things that they used to do or like it makes them, you know, put on weight or something like that. And now you're not attracted to them. So like all these categories that this person checked off before, if they're not checking them off now, you there's no backing out. Yeah. So there will 100% be times that you don't feel compatible. That's just that is what it is. But I honestly think that God will often allow you to end up with someone who doesn't meet all of your conditions, who's not compatible. Because if you married someone who met all of your conditions, you would never learn unconditional love. Mic drop. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I smacked the table to make it sound like a mic drop. But yeah, that's so great. Like unconditional love. Yeah, like you get with someone and like god knows you're going to feel like your love should be conditional toward them because like they're not checking your boxes but like you don't check jesus's boxes nope we came out of the womb unchecking all the boxes starting to uncheck erasing everything because we're full of sin and what did he do he sent his son to die for us laid down his life to make a way for us who checked zero boxes praise the lord (laughs) that there were no conditions based on his love and like that's the love we got to model in our marriage that's what we're going for you can't have conditions for it even if things change things will change expect them to change Mm -hmm. expect everything from if if things don't change from when you first got married to 10 years later something i don't know that's a problem like yeah things will change that's Life why happens. we can't follow this compatibility has to be the thing that makes us last because compatibility that's not promised it's not yeah. promised to stay the same 
It's going to change. If you're if you have all the same hobbies right now and you have all the time to go on vacations and like really like live in that. That is great. Yeah. Love that time of your marriage, but you still have to love just as hard in that time as if all that stuff is gone. If all that stuff is no longer there and like you're no longer able to or you know or somebody's desires change and they don't want to do that anymore, you have to still love them. When your wife's 40 weeks pregnant and looks like a beached whale and is super swollen and can't get off the couch and contributes nothing. You make it sound so awful, but like <laughs> to me, I love seeing your belly. Like oh when you goodness. had a baby in your belly and I was like I knew what was coming, we're about to have a kid, we're about to be, like I got kind of like I wanted to help more and I wanted to like to be there for you like beached whale. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? That's how you feel. Well, I guess I don't know. I've never had a baby in my belly so but there will be times where you don't necessarily feel as attracted to your spouse as you did when you first married them like i don't take perfect care of myself every single day for you like i did still looking so fine like you're coming home to me with my like hair up in a messy bun and like the ugliest sweatpants on you know what i see every day showered in a week when i come in (laughs) same beautiful person okay if you're wearing the smelly sweatpants and your hairs, whatever, I don't care. I well, don't see you that. you have a beautiful, selfless heart, but some people might struggle. <laughs> I hope not, but yeah, that's true. I mean, there's just going to be ten- there's just going to be times where you don't feel as attractive or yeah. You've probably felt that toward me. You've probably been like, oh, I used to think you were so good looking in the beginning, and now. <laughs> when I come home from work, you're like, oh my God, just get a shower. Like, I mean, there's times where you like smell and I don't want to like snuggle with you, but yeah, that, you know, you can shower. That's fine. I'm glad you love me anyways. I do. So let's move on to the next one. Okay. The next lie that we believe we see in society's idea of love is that you can fall out of love or that you should always have butterflies. Yeah, that just is an unrealist. That is so fake. We have a really false idea of romance. Thank Disney for that. Yeah. And Hollywood in general. The Notebook, you know, Cinderella, all that stuff. Like, they literally tell you all the good stuff about this. I'm pretty sure I trashed Prince Eric on one of our earlier yeah, episodes. Because he he's such Disney. an idiot. Yeah. That, that romance and stuff is there. The feelings of love and infatuation and stuff um, in the beginning a lot, but... You know, when you add responsibilities and buying houses and like having kids and stuff, it just marriage is hard. Just, just yeah, that's it. It just gets hard. And the truth is, nowadays when things get tough, we don't really fight for things anymore. If something stops serving us or it doesn't feel good, we just kind of move along and like we don't really want to fight and work for it. We really have this idea that like if it's not serving us, we'll just let it go. And while that can be true for a lot of things, marriage should not be one of those things. And it kind of goes back to that compatibility piece. You're not always going to feel compatible, but you still have to work on it. Love is not a feeling. Love is a verb. And I would say the problem is not that you've necessarily fallen out of love. The problem is that you've stopped serving each other. If you think about dating, go back to when you were dating. All that is, is you serving them. You don't care to take out the trash when they ask you or they ask for a back rub or a foot rub and you just do it with a smile on your face. You're so happy to do it. You mean like early in marriage? Yeah, or when you're dating. Okay, 
Yeah. Yeah. If you just go back to kind of like the beginning of when you first got together, it's yeah. so easy. Pre-marriage. To do that. Right. It doesn't, you don't gripe and complain about it. You're not annoyed by it. You like do it so happily. And all that is, is just service. You just want yeah. to serve them. You have the feeling of love. You feel love because you're with someone. So you have this feeling and out of that feeling comes service, you know, comes doing things, taking care of things. But whenever you are not feeling that love anymore, we stop. That's what you're kind of saying. Like yeah. the service stops. Like I don't feel good anymore. So I'm not going to show you love, which is really what the service is. You become lazy. The longer you get together, the lazier you become. You become more selfish. You know that your marriage is kind of solid. It's always going to be there. So you don't really need to pursue. You don't really need to serve. You become lazy. And that can be a really dangerous thing because when you stop getting that service that you want, that's when you start looking outside of your home for that fulfillment and being served elsewhere. But the truth is, if you neglect your marriage and spend all of your time investing outside the home, you will wake up one day and find that you don't have a relationship. Yeah, the only real pure example of what a marriage can look like or best function as is Christ and his bride, the church. Like when we look to society to try to find a roadmap for marriage, there's a lot of people who point to Christ and it's fine. There's a lot of good advice out there that stems from that example i said christ and his bride but the more you focus on that and stop listening to what you know mainstream media tells you because they have their own agenda about what the family should look like the better off we are the truth is really in the gospel the more you can familiarize yourself and like internalize the gospel and what it actually means and then apply it to your marriage learn that unconditional love and like feel that unconditional love that jesus has for us the easier you'll be able to live in that for other people. Like it's not, that doesn't even just go in your marriage. God doesn't want you to know his unconditional love so you can love your spouse well. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor is your kids. Your neighbor is your actual neighbor. Your neighbor is your coworker. Your neighbor is your boss. You need to love those people with Christ's unconditional love. Little different in marriage, your spouse is a more pure example of that, but like it just goes back to that. Yeah, I think it's important to recognize all of the deception in mainstream media and their idea of love and romance and marriage. Recognize that the enemy is real and his goal is to break up the family. Yeah. Because if he breaks up the family, it causes all sorts of chaos and destruction. We've even noticed this in our own lives. When we follow God's design, when we're living in his design, we feel at peace. When we're putting our marriages first and our kids second and we're putting God above everything, we feel at peace. But when that order gets mi mixed up, we do fight more often and we bicker more often. That we, we feel that. It's not a roadmap to be strict or he's not this angry God that wants to control us. It's, it's a design that makes everything work together more beautifully. The enemy doesn't want us to be successful in our marriages. He doesn't want us to be successful in sanctification. He wants to see us stuck. And the longer that we're stuck, the more likely we are to walk away. There's a reason that God wants us to have these priorities, and it's because it brings order to chaos. Right. 
And it's not to say that following God's design is going to make everything so easy and perfect and we're never going to struggle. We will struggle, but there's this peace that you have when you do live in God's design. Yeah, we never want to imply that marriage is easy ever. It probably wasn't very easy for the Lord to love his disciples, like Jesus to love his disciples sometimes. Sometimes he rebuked them. And, you know, we know that looking at it in the Bible thousands of years later that he was doing that in love. But I don't know if they probably did feel love. I don't know how you couldn't feel love by Jesus. But, like, when he's rebuking you and telling you, like, get behind me, Satan, you might not feel very loved at the moment, you know? But, like, it doesn't always it doesn't always feel good. But I think you really laid that out there very well. Our last point about the lies society is feeding us about love is that love is all about your happiness. Everything is about your happiness. Everything. That's why it's so easy to walk away when it doesn't serve you because you ain't happy. Yeah. I mean, that goes with everything. Like people trying to sell us so many things to get us, you know, happiness. The problem with seeking love for happiness is that humans can't sustain happiness. When you seek relationships solely for happiness, you will run empty. Humans don't have the supply. We don't, we are not the source of happiness. The source of our joy and our happiness comes from our father. And our marriage is just an added addition onto that joy that we experience through Christ. Right. If we are looking to our spouse to fill our main source of joy we are demanding the impossible love's purpose is about showcasing god's unending love for us and it couldn't be more opposite than that it's about selflessness and servanthood not about our happiness and selfishness and inward yeah you could literally put those in two categories like selflessness and servanthood is a biblical model of how we should behave in general and selfishness and short-term happiness is definitely like something society pushes on you like those are the important things yeah very clearly draw a line between those yeah and they're very much pushing that marriage is about happiness why else would you get married outside of this biblical idea of marriage it's for joy they're looking for outward sources of joy when the source comes from god and then marriage is just kind of this added bonus it's this demonstration of god's love for you it's servanthood it's selflessness it's pouring yourself out for someone laying yourself down for someone but society's idea of marriage is very much the opposite it's about my gain my happiness my joy not about pouring yourself out for someone yeah So what is the truth about marriage then? I think we've talked about it. Biblical love is not about feelings or emotions, but it's about attitudes and actions that seek the best interest of the other person, regardless of how we feel. It's a verb. Butterflies and romance, they come and go, but love, the verb, has to remain. The act of love. Loving your spouse even if everything in their whole life changes. If we want to be good stewards of what God has given us, it all starts at home. Your spouse should be your biggest, most obvious blessing from God. That is why they're your top priority. And often we treat them the worst out of everyone in our lives. We treat strangers better than we treat our spouse. We say 
please and thank you to strangers and open the door for strangers and have kind tones with strangers all while griping and complaining and dragging our spouse through the mud. Isn't that weird how like when you get comfortable with somebody, how you would really treat someone comes out? Yeah. And that's kind of like, oh man, why do I treat my spouse bad? Mm-hmm. You know, it, why is that in there? <laughs> it's kind of what yeah. I'm thinking like, why would I treat anyone that way? Why really? do we do this? <laughs> yeah. So I would say if you are finding yourself frustrated with your marriage, maybe ponder the idea that you've possibly been handed the wrong map. You aren't flawed. Maybe your marriage isn't flawed, but maybe you've been following this idea of society's view of marriage and that you should always be having these butterflies and that romance should always be there and these feelings of love should always be present. It's the wrong map. That's not... That's not what the Bible says love is. And when you follow that, you will find yourself running dry. You will find yourself frustrated because it's incorrect. And sometimes you might not even know you're following it. Like what I said earlier about the whole feminine thing in a household. Like what I see on my phone is that women want to be the leaders and they want to take control of everything. And I just like naturally fell away from doing that because I just was conditioned, I guess, by what I saw on my phone that you didn't want that. And then I talked to you about it and you're like, no, no, that, yeah. ain't, that ain't me, brah. Yep. And I'm like, okay, well, shoot, I didn't even know it, but yeah. it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't following the right map, following the right plan. So to kind of summarize everything and kind of bring this to a close, authentic love is very different from the love that society paints a picture of. We've yeah. made that pretty clear. Society is pretty self-serving. Um, not selfless, um, and that's not what we want to have in our marriages. Uh, The love that Christ calls us to requires us to deny ourselves, Mm -hmm. which obviously doesn't sound fun or appealing. Nobody naturally does that, but when you finally learn that you run into a source of everlasting joy that doesn't ever go out, doesn't ever run out, despite what happens in your life, like no matter what comes your way, if your roadmap is the one that the Bible presents to you and you're really genuinely seeking the Lord in that. And denying yourself. Yeah, yeah. denying yourself and what society tells you to deny that every day. Um, you'll find that there's joy in that. Mm-hmm. Um, your true needs are you know, met in your marriage. Your marriage is just an addition to that. You know, You bring that joy that you find in Christ into your marriage when you mm-hmm. both do that, you know. You, your foundation like your tank is already full yeah like your tank of joy and peace and fulfillment is already full yeah you're not looking to your marriage to find joy and happiness like you have a solid foundation of what love should be like and you know the love that christ has for you and then you just bring that to your marriage it you, pours out of you and yeah. it gives you the ability to serve your partner when you might not want to or it feels unappealing or the compatibility doesn't feel like it's there when you are so connected to the source of joy you're able to do that he's where the joy is i mean amen terribly cobble (laughs) so yeah i mean that's it when two people seek jesus as their source that's when a marriage thrives the way that god intended it to thrive yeah that's really really why we wanted to talk about this and break down the biblical love biblical marriage versus the one that's being so pushed down our throat yeah by society yeah whatever society tells you usually is 
just check it with the scripture. Check it against scripture because it's probably... And it's everywhere. It's everything, So you have to remind yourself. You have to continue talking about this and asking God to reveal real love to you and show you the demonstration in your marriage that you have with him. It really is like this beautiful demonstration of a husband and wife. It's such a good model of God's love for us. Well, that's all we have for today. We're going to go ahead and end with a question, a listener question that we will talk about at the beginning of next episode. The question we have for next week is, what's one thing you and your spouse have in common? Mm, Great. We could talk about that next week. We've talked a lot about our differences, so that will be fun to answer. Yeah. We'll uh, tell you the one thing we have in common. We'll ponder that for a minute. We both love Jesus. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, rate, review, share, subscribe, do all the things that you would do to support a podcast you love. And we will talk to you next week. Yep. See you guys next week.